Life is an epic journey. Live it unleashed. Hey, fellow journeyers, Jeremy here. Welcome back to the Living Unleashed podcast. You know, life is an epic journey, and we want to live our lives unleashed. We want to experience the life that God has for us, this passionate life that is defined by hope, filled with joy, marked by peace, and walks in freedom. We're continuing to journey together here as we start another new week with Luke as we journey through Luke and Acts. Today we're on Luke chapter 15. I'm really glad you're back joining us as we continue this journey together. I hope that as you are journeying here with us as we go through Luke and Acts, that you are drawing near to God, that you are being challenged in your walk, in your journey to live more intentionally for Him and to seek His kingdom each and every day. So let's dive right in. Now, as chapters go, Luke 15 is actually an easier chapter to summarize than some of the previous chapters. The reason is, is because Luke chapter 15 has a very laser-like focus. There are three parables that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15, and all three of them carry the same point, the same thrust and theme, just building one upon the other to make the point that Luke is making here in this chapter. Now, that's really important, and for, for one reason, first of all, the, um, uh, the, this style or this uh, approach to building these three parables, one on top of the other that Jesus tells, is uh, very important because it tells us, man, really pay attention. I mean, it's like a neon flashing sign that says the point that is being made, this, the point that Jesus is telling here in these three parables is of the utmost importance. Really pay close attention to what's going on because you really want to know this. So that causes us to look at these three parables and say, okay, so what are they about? Well, first of all, it's a parable about lost sheep. Then it's a parable about a lost coin. And finally, a parable about a lost son. Now, let's start with the first two parables, the parable about the sheep and the coin, because they run very closely in parallel together. In both instances, a person has lost something that is of value to them. On the one, it's a shepherd who has lost a sheep. On the other, it is a woman who has lost a coin, a silver coin. So this is a valuable coin. In each case, they have lost one small part of what they had. It could be argued the woman still had nine silver coins, so she was okay. She wasn't poor. This wasn't her last money. She lost 10%. No biggie. Same with the shepherd. Although with the shepherd, it's not just 10%. It's not 10% he lost because he only lost one sheep out of 100. So we're talking 1%. 1%. I mean, you know, how important could that be? Yet, in both instances, we discover that the person who has lost something, whether it's the shepherd who lost the sheep or the woman who has lost the coin, does not stop, Is just throws himself into complete abandon to find that which is lost. There is an intensity 
and an intentionality to do this. And it tells us something about the heart of God. The heart of God is such that he will do anything to find us. He will do anything to bring us home. He will do anything. That's just the heart of God to chase us down like that. And in each instance, both of the sheep and with the lost coin, it says that when it is found, there's a great deal of rejoicing. As a matter of fact, there is great joy and rejoicing, he says, in heaven, in the presence of God's angels and with God himself, when one is found. Now, this is really important for us to understand because this is telling us something about the heart of God. And this is different than the tendencies of the fallen human heart. Because in our fallen humanness, in our fallen human hearts, we do not tend to celebrate this kind of of being found. We have a tendency to go the other direction. We want to see justice. We want to see revenge, retribution. We want to see someone getting what they have coming to them. And this is really evident in our present culture and climate in our society. And that is everybody's out after everybody. I mean, I I hesitate to use those kind of all-inclusive words, but when it comes down to seeing the picture that the media portrays, when it comes down to watching what happens in people's conversations on social media, people are always, it seems, trying to point fingers at others for something they did or didn't do. And it's not always something that was done recently. Sometimes it's something that resurfaces from years ago. Now, this is not a question of whether folks should be held accountable for wrongs that they've done. If there is an accountability, especially under the law, things that should be done. But it does bring up something about our hearts, that we relish in that, that we do not relish in forgiveness. We do not relish in seeing reconciliation take place. Instead, we want to keep things stirred up. We want to keep things in this this messy heap. But God shows us something different. What if God took that kind of attitude towards you and me? What if God took the kind of attitude that his heart was such, you're going to pay for what you've done? None of us would survive. None of us would make it because we don't deserve to. So then you come to the third parable. The third parable is longer. It's more of a fleshed out story. And in it, it directly contrasts these two hearts we've been talking about. First of all, there's the heart of the father who is watching for the return of his son. And when he sees the son coming, he casts aside all social convention to take off running because that was just not the uh, uh, the uh, uh, noble thing to do as a father. Hike up your robe, I mean, and take off running uh, and, and hug and, and, and embrace your son and celebrate his return. Not being willing to allow the son to put himself down, but instead he lifts him up, he celebrates, puts a ring on his finger, a robe on his back, uh, uh, prepares a great party, and this is that rejoicing that has been already revealed to us in the first two parables. Then there's the older son. The older son has the um, demonstrates and illustrates the condition of our fallen human hearts. He's like, this isn't right. This isn't just. He says, 
this this isn't the way things ought to work. And he's living. He will not come into the party. He will not celebrate. He wants to see revenge. He wants to see justice. He wants to see retribution. It says the father comes out and pleads with him. My son, you have been with me all along. All I have is yours. All I have is yours. But your brother was lost. And now he's found. Come celebrate with us. But he won't. You see, that's what God wants. God wants our hearts to become like his hearts. That's the invitation in this. The father comes up in and out and invites his eldest son to share his heart for his lost brother. You see, you and I need to learn that. That's the invitation of this chapter. We need to let go of our tendencies to finger point, to condemn, to want to see people get what they got coming to them, we need to instead celebrate offering forgiveness and celebrate when people turn. Celebrate when they, they choose the kingdom of God. Celebrate when they come to Christ. Pray for them to do that, wanting to see that happen to them, not wanting them to get what they have coming to them. Just like we don't, we're not getting what we have coming to us when we've turned to Christ. And that's what this is about, man. It's that heart of God. And that's the kind of heart you and I are to have. We're to love like Jesus loves. We're, we, we, because we've been loved, we're supposed to love in the same manner, in the same way. That's what this passage teaches us. So I invite you as you go through today, as you engage the world around you, as you read the news, as you engage on social media, can you have the heart of God? Can you share the heart of God with the rest of the world and not allow yourself to be sucked in to the tendencies of the fallen human heart? See, God wants to transform our hearts so that we become more like him, loving like he loves. And that's what we're so called to do. So I invite you to that. Really reflect over these three parables. Celebrate what God has done for you. If you haven't experienced that forgiveness from God, know it's right there. The Father wants to celebrate your return. But also look at the world around you and look at them through the eyes of God and with the heart of God. And ask God to transform your heart so that you will have that same a heart that God has to celebrate someone's return instead of hoping they get what they've got coming to them. All right, I hope you have a great day. I'm glad you joined us back again today as we start here on Monday. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And as you continue through your day, may you keep on living unleashed. <laughs>